<clears throat> check, check. Go. Rolling. <laughs> Welcome back to the Mountains in the Sea, where we find the highs and lows of each and every Prince album and more every other week. I'm Christy. And this is Josh. And we're so glad that you're back with us today. Today, we are visiting the mid-90s with chaos and disorder. Deep into the mid-90s. Oh. I know this made you very happy it to really- hear. It really did. I forgot how much I like this album. Really? (laughs) Oh, yeah. All right. It's a weird time to be a Prince fan, that's for sure. It really You couldn't call him Prince. Your friends made fun of you. Uh Maybe I'm a little traumatized. (laughs) Some people called him Taff Cap. Then Rosie O'Donnell called him Taffy. Yeah, he didn't like that that. very much. No. (laughs) Because it was the artist formerly known as Prince Taff Cap. Yeah. Yeah. So this was kind of a, it was a weird time to be a Prince fan. He's releasing me. Is he on Warner Brothers Records? Is Uh he Prince? I thought that the new name was for him to release music outside of Warner Brothers. But here we have his second album as the symbol Uh on Warner Brothers Records. That's right. It was released July the 9th, 1996. It's was helping to fulfill Prince's contract with Warner Brothers. Yeah, and for all the complaining that he would do about music isn't being released fast enough, here this record comes out less than a year, less than 10 months after the Gold experience, uh-huh. so like a fairly fast pace release schedule. Right. Like he was trying to get out from under their thumb as quickly as possible and But he had gone 2 years prior without an album. Before the gold experience, if you don't count the hits and B-sides. Right. So, yeah. It was just weird. Yeah. (laughs) But he could afford to be weird. It's easy to complain. and Not that he didn't have valid points about wanting to own his work, which is great. Well, and now looking back, you really... It's much easier to understand why he did what he did and the way he did it. With all of the benefit of hindsight, but in the moment, I remember living through this and understanding oh, the Prince Bonnick plague. <laughs> you know what I mean, like sure. like uh, experiencing it in real time, living through it was maybe a little dramatic. Sorry. It seemed to take forever. It, I remember living through like, can we just get <laughs> whatever he wants? Can we just get to it? <laughs> Yeah. And this was part of that path. Right. And so I think Warner Brothers maybe made a concerted effort to make him look maybe a little foolish or or at least like a really eccentric and a little weird. And obviously what he was doing didn't, wasn't really all that important, but he thought it was important. And so it was this strange time of trying to understand what he was doing. And now in hindsight, like what a trailblazer, what good things he did for the music industry started some balls rolling open doors for a lot of younger artists to make better record deals or not have to make a record deal. If that wasn't what they were into he gave that put them in a position of power it was not just himself, but other people. And, but we didn't know that in 1996. Yeah. I also think he, you know, he, as an individual, president of his universe, you know, picked a fight or decided to 
uh, lash out against what was a company. So uh, as a company, there's not a personality or a person who gets their feelings hurt or, you know, it's all just a business, which again was what he was rallying against that it should be about the art and about the human, not about the business side of it. But you know, that's not really how capitalism works. That's not how you got Paisley Park. That's not how you became a rock star. Right. Um, so yeah, there were, but I also think that some of Prince's best music was made when he was not happy. Um, so we also got that out of it. So (laughs) I don't know. It was just, I think he also was obsessed with hitting the reset button and this was a great avenue to do that and in the process to fight for independent artists, that type of thing, which is all very valid and worthwhile. It all came together to just make this phase of his career happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interesting. Prince recorded these songs over about a three year period. Um, but he told the Los Angeles time uh, that it was recorded in a very short amount of time to make it feel spontaneous. And I believe that to a degree. I think you also have to look at it from, you know, Prince's world. He had written and recorded a lot of this music on his own, but I bet when the band got together to record them for the record, I bet it did happen fast. So yeah. I bet there's a truth in what he's saying, but did all of it get written and recorded in the course of a few months? Right. Well, no. <laughs> but the album came together that quickly. Right. It's interesting because there there's some disparity at the time of which things were written and recorded mm-hmm. and, you know, they recorded things and then used the original version anyway and blah, blah, blah. and <laughs> Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Should be the subtext of the podcast. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, it's got a really cohesive sound in a lot of ways. It's a very rock, very guitar-driven it's both cohesive to me and kind of a chocolate mess to me. Oh, also, okay. there are parts of it that don't fit in at all to me, but because it's got this gritty, unpolished sound, then the the disconnectedness of it all almost makes it feel connected in some parts. That's fair. To me. I remember the uh, promos for the album were something like, you know, his most cohesive album since dirty mind it was they were trying to draw comparisons to stripped down type albums where i don't feel like this album is stripped down per se there's it's full of overdubs and samples and record scratches and rapping Uh and sampling his own music so which is all well and good yeah you know, and marketing is just one of those things where you were like, how are we going to pitch this? <laughs> yes. So they had to do something, didn't right. they? Right. Yes. We get some band favorites appearing on the album. Michael B., Sonny D., Mr. Hayes, Tommy Barbarella. We get Rosie Gaines back. She yeah, breaks up was, the boys club a little bit. Yeah, it was really back to like a Diamonds and Pearls era. Uh-huh. NPG. Yes. Right? Very fun. The album did reach number 26 on the Billboard 200, so fairly well received for a mid or what felt like maybe late career Prince at the time. Yeah, like, that's true. It felt like late career Prince because he'd been making music for, you know, almost 20 years. Right. Professionally. Yeah, and there were no singles, but there were plenty of TV appearances. It wasn't like he didn't promote the album. I would say he did 
the bare minimum to uh-huh. get out and play dinner with Dolores on a bunch well, of talk shows, essentially. Ooh, I thought it was more like a promo single, oh, but I, I don't was... know that it was a, could you go? I mean, there was a video, but I thought it was a promo thing. I'll have to mm. look that up again. I thought it was an actual single. I know that like cassette singles were sent out to yeah. controversy fan club members to commemorate Prince's 38th birthday. birthday. Right. And we have one of those somewhere. It's like a craft yeah. uh, paper, paper sleeve around a cassette with like a teal printed sticker on it that has a silhouette of Prince with the feather boa on him holding uh-huh. the guitar. I'll have to look for it. Man, I meant, I meant to do that before. Me too. I know it's still around. But we don't have a cassette player, but we do have cassettes. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so... While it was relatively well received, Princey was Princey. Prince was pretty salty about it. Uh, whenever he spoke about it in the media, he always pointed out that it was a contractual obligation, and he did not tour to support sales of this album. He yeah, was uninterested in that portion of promotion. Well, he was also putting emancipation together right. and had a pregnant wife. Uh-huh. And, you know, there were a lot of things that he was doing instead. So I think it helped add to the narrative. Right. Did he really sabotage the record or think that this was lesser music? I don't no. think so at all. No, I agree. So the album cover certainly makes a statement. It does. I mean, I mean, it seems like the direction was make it look like, garbage uh yes so there's a little love symbol Mm -hmm. that's all like yeah rusty looking right uh, dirt or rust and i think each one of these things on the cover have a maybe a little symbolic meaning oh sure (laughs) yes so i think maybe he thinks that's how warner brothers sees him as this like rusty relic a cast off yeah yeah there's a smashed record with Prince's eye in the middle, how he feels that he and his music have been treated. Broken, cast off, not worthwhile. The and the eye is from the 1999 LP. It actually right. was the label. Uh-huh. Right? Right. To add insult to injury, there's a muddy boot print over the top of it all. Yeah, and uh, not the kind of boot that Prince would wear. No, like, like a, a snowshoe. Yeah, or a military boot, like a work yeah, boot yeah. type of thing. Yeah. Um, I think ultimately how he felt like he himself and his music were valued. Yeah, being walked all over. Right, exactly. Did you also see the little Easter egg in his eye? I was letting you get through that. Maybe I should get the magnifying glass that the toaster gave me <laughs> for a Christmas gift, which is a different story for a different day. But there's a tear coming out of Prince's eye. Oh, uh-huh. And in the tear is a little something also. Is it uh, Paisley? It's hard to tell. No, it's you need the, oh, toaster. <laughs> Bring forth the magnifying glass. It's the Warner Brothers logo. It's a WB oh, in his tear. So he's crying tears he's, of Warner Brothers. Yeah. So it's like he's been hurt by the record company, I think, is the basis of what you're saying yeah, there. I didn't see that. Probably easier to see on the LP, not the CD. Yeah. 
I imagine so. And the back is just a reverse close-up of the front mm-hmm. with a track listing. And we have, oh, more fun. So there's a, it came in a clear case. That's right, with a clear spine. Uh-huh, that's right. a clear right. inlay card. That's right, which we still have, even though our front is a little broken. And so the tray... Behind the disc, Behind right? the disc is chaos and disorder on the inside of a matchbook Mm -hmm. on top of a Polaroid photograph of a toilet with what looks to be a human heart in it. Right. Maybe (laughs) a little large. If you think of a human fist being the size of a human heart. I mean, it's clearly Photoshopped in there. Oh, yeah. It's not an actual heart in a toilet. Right. It is. Somebody took a little liberties. Uh, Warner Brothers did not care for Prince's devotion to his music. They no, literally they just, put it it's like in the commode. Louis Grizzard, you tore out my heart and you stomped that sucker flat. Yeah, there you go. The disc has some printing on it. It does. It's not a cheaply done. Yeah, it's not like fill in the blanks intern. controversy right. style CD. Right. right. It's got the grungy, messy... Love symbol, mm-hmm. a track listing, which we've discussed many times, is useless on a CD yeah, generally. I, mean, I guess as you're going to put it in, you can look at it to say, oh, I want to go to track four. But yes, once it's in the player. It's it not helpful. Yeah. And then there are three reversed photographs that are of the vault door. Yeah. So Essentially saying this was meant to be private. Right. And... It is now public. Yes. Which I'm not completely sure it was ever really meant to be private. I don't know. I I think that it was more usual for Prince to record music with the intention of it not being released than recording it for the purpose of it being on an album. Right. Probably with the exception of a lot of emancipation. But I think this all sounds like the kind of thing that his band got together, played, maybe it'll get released, maybe it won't. Mm -hmm. I don't think it was ever intended to be released, but I don't think that's all that special, really. Right. Then we have more commentary on the inside. Oh, let's hear it. A whole bunch of... It's like a three-panel card on the inside that opens up. Uh, Yeah, like three squares the size of a CD cover, Mm -hmm. and it's all, you know, laid across it, bunch of quote-unquote polaroids Mm -hmm. i don't think i think again this is a little magic of photo editing here we get that same image with the heart in the commode with the matchbook over top of it there's three photos of awards there's a photo of the vault door which is the same one that's on the cd cd um some guitars a professional tape deck Yep. A bunch of things that meant something to Prince. And then we get this holy Bible with the initials PRN on it. Right. Looks well-worn. The initials look a little rusted, maybe. Mm-hmm. Well-used, I think, is what he's trying to suggest with this. But then there's also this syringe filled with money and dripping blood. Right. Blood money. It's Blood money. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, a little ham fisted 
maybe. Yeah. But yeah. I wonder what the art approval process was. This was Steve Park. So yeah. it was all, you know, done in-house by Prince's artist yeah. at the time. You know, obviously doing what Prince asked. I yeah. want this to be purposefully uh-huh. garbagey, ugly, yep. trampled. Yep. And then the back of the booklet is a track listing, some credits. We get a single thank you. Special thanks to the creator. That's right. Uh-huh. God over everything, just like the Bible was over the uh-huh. awards and all that kind of stuff That's on the right. inside. And then, you know, we can't get out of this without a little slight to Warner Brothers. Mm-hmm. Originally intended for private use only, this compilation serves as the last original material recorded by Love Symbol for Warner Brothers Records. May you live to see the dawn. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so we yeah. never saw the Don as a project, no. and he would return to Warner Brothers in 2014 and release two more albums right. under their label. So and things change over the course of 18 years. Yeah, well, you know. This that's is very Prince. much a state of this is Prince's life at the time. Well, and that's very much how Prince was. He's like, this is how I feel about things right now. Yep, got to get it out. he tended not to do a lot of looking in the rearview mirror to... Yep make us judgments about his past behavior. So, and then we have one last panel, which is just a photograph of flowers mm-hmm. on fire in the snow. Yes. With a razor blade over top of them. Yep. He'd had his heart broken. Yeah. So the chaos. He's burning the flowers the, that yes, they sent him. The chaos and disorder matches have been put to use <laughs> that's right now why the razor blade is there i don't know not quite a sure drug. that was he I don't know. suicidal i don't think i don't so. think so no i think it was more a drug no, reference just, yeah so yeah there you go lots of that's all the disorder and the chaos <laughs> uh-huh. that's right until you get to the first track which is chaos and disorder yeah uh, title track kicks it off at 4 minutes and 18 seconds. Mm-hmm. Recorded October of 1993 alongside the Gold Experience tracks, uh, specifically Gold 319 and Billy Jack Bitch. Yeah, very interesting, right? That, that you don't think of those as really hanging together, but you've got to think of them in early forms. Uh-huh. So this song does uh, have a couple of samples in it. Well, at least one sample for sure. Entrance of the Gladiator mm-hmm. is that kind of carnival music. Yep. Um, Dave and Ansel Collins. It says that it samples Double Barrel, but hmm. it sounds like what they think might is a sample from that. It could be a sample from that, but it also kind of sounds like a sound effect. Okay. I'm not real sure. All right. Yeah, this is full of samples and record scratches. And again, it's like clearly not just a raw recording it has been polished Mm -hmm. to a degree right it was evidently recorded in miami beach at south beach studios in the spring of 1996 Mm -hmm. but according to prince vault this is what appeared on the album ended up being the earlier recording right and the whole riff the part that starts off the song Was play-
played live a lot through 1993 by Prince as part of Peach. Mm-hmm. So we can give you a little bit of that here, but um, that's where this kind of grew out of. Two, three! Thank you! There's a, always been this little connection between Peach, which was on the hits of the B-sides, as one of a handful of unreleased songs at the time that was included on that track to get saps like us to buy it (laughs) and chaos and disorder. Mm -hmm. I love that it starts with vocals. You almost can't even hear. I had to like crank Mm -hmm. it in audacity to even really be able to hear it. Check, check. Pretty cool. Rolling. Check, check. Okay, cool. Rolling. Yes. And it's delivered very much in a Beavis and Butthead <laughs> kind of manner, which, you know, might be also a little slight to MTV. They're not mm-hmm. playing music anymore. It's about cartoons and these two numb nuts who basically make fun of the videos that they used to play. Right. So I double checked myself, like, when was Beavis and Butthead on MTV? They, the original show aired from 1993 to 1997, and it's had many revivals since then. So it would make sense that you would hear that, that 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 was the pop culture thing mm-hmm. at the time for yes. sure. We've got a growling guitar intro and Rosie Gaines on vocals that you can mm-hmm. hear. And Rosie was always, you know, she was part of the Diamonds and Pearls record, a staple of it. And we lamented her absence from the record that followed it because it kind of turned into a sausage party without any sh- strong mm-hmm. female presence like Rosie. So cool to have her back. Yes. For what this song is basically kind of a how it used to be and how it's like now mm-hmm. with its comparative lyric styles. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. It's a, like the word used is interesting in English because it can mean like an actual use of something. Right. Or formerly. Uh-huh. And. Yeah. So or worn out. Right. Carjack used to fix flat tires. Mm-hmm. Carjacking is a thing. Yes. Is it stealing somebody's car? It, you only used to use that as somebody fixing their flat tire, mm-hmm. but a carjack is used to fix a flat That's tire. Right. That's right. So it's this like weird sort of. It's a good moment in Prince lyric writing, uh-huh. actually, I think, where there's maybe some unintended lyrical content there uh-huh. for you. Right. And then I was Cadillac used to be a Benz. Like to Benz buy Cadillac? What? I think that at the but time, like I think uh, it, you know, Mercedes Benz was the it was the luxury car of choice right. in the in the mid nineties. Yeah. It replaced Cadillac. I think he's right. kind of saying like, oh, once my people started being able to afford Cadillacs, suddenly right. they're not good enough anymore. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that is very true. Yes, the images shifted for sure. Right. Uh, he had this anti-drug message. Big joints never got you higher. Free base cost you in the end. Mm-hmm. Big joints never got you higher. Free base cost you in the end. And um, I thought suggested that this 
may have been a reference to Rick James. Sure. Uh, because he was convicted of kidnapping and assault in two separate occasions while under the influence of crack cocaine in the early 90s. And yeah. you know, they were rival-ish in the 80s. And like, here he is, I'm still making music and you ruined your life for drugs. He did. It was an ugly downward spiral for yeah. Mr. James. Yep. I love the reference to him not having a name. Yeah. He's playing this character of a reporter. I'm just a no-name reporter. Yeah. I'm just a no-name reporter. He's just an anonymous. Yeah. He's uh, just some dude trying to make a living. Yeah. But he often referred to himself when he was the love symbol to as no-name Right, no, or whatever. Or whatever, yeah. He had a lot of fun ways to be self-referential. Right, without having a way to reference himself. Right. There's some record scratches in there for the first time at 54 seconds, mm-hmm. too. They're really fun. This kind of dates the song a little bit also, looking through my new camcorder. Uh-huh. A lot of people listening to this now, perhaps even teenagers, young people are getting into Prince's music. Do you know what a camcorder yeah, is? You look it up. <laughs> if you don't, you can look at Prince's videos from about 1988 through this time. They look like they were all shot on a camcorder. Yeah, that's fair. So he's under attack, essentially. He's saying, I get hit by mortars everywhere I go. I'm loitering. He's not welcome anywhere. There's right. an attack on him. Chaos and disorder is ruling. Is it ruling or ruining my world today? I think it's ruling. Me like too. Ruling. Yeah, it is but, in charge. Yes. Yes, it is. Forcing Agreed. him to take actions that he might not otherwise choose. Yep. Uh, this dates it a little bit too. He's gay, used to mean he's happy. Nowadays, happy ain't allowed. And then he follows that up with the sound of uh, military marching. He's gay, used to mean he's happy. Nowadays, happy ain't allowed. Which is a Big reference to 1993's U.S. military policy of don't ask, don't tell. Right. You can, used to be, prior to that, if you they found out you were gay, you were out. discharged from right. the military. And at this point in the early 90s, they finally said, well, if you want to be gay, that's fine. We won't ask you if you are, if and you, please don't tell us that you are. If you want to be gay. <laughs> okay. I mean, like, it, if it's a choice, I but yes. I mean, that was their view that of was it. The, that was the way it was presented. Yes, you were yes. right. There's also a little bit of the sound effects from that you would later hear in Man in a Uniform. The okay. do 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 Yep. Is in there. There's some yas later that match the guitars. Mm-hmm. It's really Right fun. at like two minutes and 25 seconds. Yeah.
yeah, you think of Alphabet Street, or I do anyway, when I think of yeah, yeah, yeah. Comparison of the yes here in Chaos and Disorder is a much more screaming guitar driven thing, mm-hmm. not the polish that you had on Alphabet Street. <laughs> um, and following that, there's crowd noise, sirens, kind of a mess of sound effects at mm-hmm. two minutes and 43 seconds. Yeah. So he's really trying to create the. This is not as bad as like having the woman wearing a dark <laughs> red hat in the video for Raspberry Beret. Or live performances of the song. But Why don't you just tell me how you feel about that, Josh? Because it seems like oh. anytime you don't like something. Well, that's what we'll be covering next time on the <laughs> oh, show. We'll talk, we'll talk about that finally for once. Oh, jeez. <laughs> about not being literal. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's trying to create kind of this orals, aural, A-U-R. Uh-huh. Not O-R-A-L. Yeah. Uh, sense of chaos and confusion. Right. Yeah. Drum breakdown at two minutes and 57 seconds. Mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure how I feel about the if I had 15 ladies, I would only F with one. Like uh-huh. he's giving himself permission to date multiple women, but to only have sex with one at a time. Safe sex used to mean no babies. When intercourse used to mean fun. If I had 15 ladies, I would only F with one. I I kind of understood that a little different. And of okay. course, this is in the midst of the very terrible AIDS crisis that is happening in the U.S. Yeah. It is really not great for particularly people of color who find themselves infected with the AIDS virus. So I think that's maybe what he's referencing. Sure. Uh, but I think okay. he's like... If he had the option to have all of these women, he would have just one woman. It was almost like a call for monogamy, Hmm. but I didn't see it as a, I saw it as a, I have a lot of opportunity, but not necessarily, but I'm going to pick just one. Okay. I saw it more as a call for monogamy rather than a, I'm going to date a bunch of people and just do the one girl. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. I can see it that way too. There's some Spanish language stuff going on in the background at yeah. the end too, which I'm wondering might be Maite. Uh, yeah, I don't could be. I don't know. It's hard to hard to tell, hard to understand because it's kind of buried, but it's back there. And Rosa Gaines has a very powerful vocal ending on this song as it comes to a proper end. Yep. Points there for a proper ending and not fading out a song like Chaos and Disorder, uh-huh. uh, but ends with a heartbeat, right? Yeah. And it's not like a child's ultrasound no. like you'd hear later on Emancipation, just right. a few months later, but very much an adult heartbeat. Yes. And it ends with a downbeat on the heartbeat. Okay. So it's almost like his heart is being flushed down the toilet. Oh, okay. His heart stops, as does the song. 
Then we have I Like It There, recorded in late 1994, most likely. It did end up on Playtime by Versace, which we've mentioned before. It was a rumored project that was kind of underground until Michael Van Huffel, who was a 90s era art director, auctioned off a mock-up of that project yep. so we could actually see what was included on it and the song was there. Right. Yeah, that's what I mean about these songs being recorded with one intention right. and then they end up somewhere else Then that was... That was Prince's World mm-hmm. anyway, right? Right. There was also an audio rehearsal of it that uh, Hannah Ford streamed on her own Facebook page okay. in November of 2012. So we're talking about a decade ago already. Um, that was before Third Eye Girl became about. Okay. Um, but this recording features just Prince, uh, Michael B., and Sonny T. So it's the same three the power trio from the undertaker there you essentially. go yeah man what a fun rock love lust song fun guitars and some kind of sweet and dirty vocals it's, it's, it's enjoyable i figured you would like this one mm-hmm. yes oh i even have in my notes it says here sounds to me like the kind of thing christy would love <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't know that the chorus of a Prince song gets any easier than On Your Heavenly Body I Swear I Like It There. On Your Heavenly Body I Swear I Like It There. Yeah, and I, I like that really because it's got layers to it. It's so simple, but he's telling her she's got this beautiful body, mm-hmm. but... It's heavenly, but that's also likening her to the stars okay, and the celestial sort of thing. Also, maybe wishing for her to never change because the, as far as we can tell in the small amount of time that humanity has actually been around to observe these things, we haven't been able to observe noticeable distinct changes in the heavens sure because they come from so far away we haven't been around for a billion years to notice that oh part of orion's belt went out you know (laughs) he he missed a loop (laughs) (laughs) i see what you're saying i had not thought about it that way i was very much in the stupid boy oh he thinks she's hot he likes being around her yeah and i which is also part of it i definitely think that's most of it for sure yeah well he may not want her to change but he feels changed for the better by being around her. Anyone can see what's come over me. Don't you know it's because of you? Anyone can see what's come over me. Don't you know it's because of you? He's not seen a change in himself for the better because she's a part of his life. I'm like, oh, that's sweet. Okay. Yeah. You're opening my eyes to the, I mean, I almost saw this as a, a little bit of a throwaway, but oh. like a rock awesome throwaway. Yeah. Oh, no. I think it's got a little. Sure. Yeah. And then he uses kind of a throwback term here that we'll hear. See later. Yeah, that we'll see again I later. know where I'm you're dig- going. I'm digging you, baby. Yeah. Let me count the ways I'm digging you, digging you, baby. Me too. 
And that's a very kind of 70s throwback term. Yeah. You know, there was a little, maybe a little bit of 70s nostalgia here in the early mid 90s. I mean, he brought it forward too for When Doves Cry. Uh huh. Dig, if you will, the picture. Yeah. So he's been digging for years by this that's right. time. There's a great guitar solo at a minute and 32 seconds with uh, kind of this, I like it, in the background. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, that's how yeah. he digs her. He doesn't know how to express how much he enjoys her mm-hmm. company. He's going to yeah. play it to her in a guitar. The Prince also often, when he and his band were playing would make that comment. I like it. I like uh-huh, it. Uh-huh. You know, to urge them on to keep going. So there's, I like her. She's beautiful. She puts me in a daze. I like the way this is sounding, the way I'm playing and my bandmates are playing. Um, it is a turn from the chaos and disorder that we heard in the mm-hmm. opening track. Um, even a little laughter at a minute and 45 seconds that I always sort of forget about before I go back and listen a little chuckle we get from Prince mm-hmm. in the middle of his guitar solo and falsetto vocalizing. <laughs> um, and you can you hear him laugh there, and at two minutes and two seconds, you can almost hear him smiling when he says, that's right, in the middle yeah. of more playing. That's right. Shakespeare's the eloquence bar, I guess. That's what all men are trying to ascend to. Through words. What can I say? Shakespeare hasn't said before. Reminds me of that silly comedy on Hulu, Rosaline. Because Romeo was in love with Rosaline and then oh, he meets Juliet. Oh, yes, I'm sorry. Uh, we watched part of that together. Yeah, yep. and everybody in the movie is talking in current English, uh-huh. not Shakespearean English, except for Romeo and Juliet, who are trying to sound all poetic speaking. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I I can't figure out if it's an anti-abortion message or an just an anti-rejection of him message. When he says, like an embryo baby, don't abort this dire need for you. Mm. All of my emotional ejaculate on the floor. <laughs> like an embryo baby, don't abort this dire need for you. All my emotional ejaculate on the floor. And what's more? anti-abortion or i i thought it was just like a simple metaphor okay you know that's Um, fair i couldn't decide if it was a bigger like a turn of phrase like uh as quiet as it's kept prince would say that a lot in music so i almost saw this as like just an easy metaphor Uh uh-huh to (laughs) you know ask her not to leave him now that he's Poured his emotions out to her. Okay. And they lay bare uh-huh. on the floor. Uh-huh. In the form Waiting of... Waiting for somebody to mop him up. That's right. Um, we've got emotional ejaculate on aisle four. Clean up, please. <laughs> Ew. Oh, and how much does he love her? More than I love my hair. Yeah, I mean, this is <laughs> that's a that's, lot. that's a very uh, large compliment mm-hmm. coming from Prince. Yep, and a lot of excellent scream singing. It's just 
There's some good so gold experience era screaming at the end of the song that I thought that you would appreciate there, like from two minutes and 49 seconds through the end. And again, a proper ending. Yes. However, a weird gong kind of mixed in at the end. Which is a little jarring, strange, no. but part of the collage of chaos that, that this album is, right. right? It's a little disordered. Yeah, that's yeah, right. That's right. It's not where you'd expect a gong. <laughs> But the disorder put it there. There you go. Otherwise, it'd be chaos and order. <laughs> and then we get the guitar line for Dinner with Dolores. Mm-hmm. I read that it was an official single release June 12th, 1996, a okay. month before the album in the US, Japan. The UK and Germany. I'm sure you're right. This was uh, recorded in early 1996. It's believed there may have been an alternate take in mid 1995. Mm-hmm. I listened to a little bit of that, I think. And uh, basically, it's just less guitars. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. Let's see. Uh, Diffuser had a great article on the song. You're nodding like you've read it. Yes. Tell us about it. Oh, it's just uh, comparing like, is this a swipe at Warner Brothers or perhaps a recap of a meal question mark he had with Madonna? Uh Uh-huh. I'm sure you'll post a link to that. I don't want to steal all the thunder from Diffuser because it's it's so well written, but apparently Prince... And Madonna <laughs> met, and Madonna ate a bunch, and she Prince barely touched his food yeah. and uh, said that it freaked her out that he didn't eat anything, that right. it was the show of power. and Right. He, you know. she, he was drinking tea, and she's like, aren't you going to eat? Mm-hmm. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where is it that you post these so-called no. links oh, for people to uh, find and read and learn more? Christy? I post them on Facebook, the mountains what? and the sea, uh, Prince podcast. I do post them on Twitter, even though Elon Musk is trying his hardest to run it into the ground, but you can find us there at TMATS, T-M-A-T-S podcast, or you can send us an email, podcast at gmail.com. If you're not interested in, uh, you know, visiting Zuck's place or Elon's place, that's fine. If you want a particular link, uh, let me know. I'll be happy to send you an email. <laughs> oh my with that. God. Social media is such an awful hellscape. Well, I mean, and why we- is anyone there? We still all go there. And uh-huh. it's just like douche after douche. <laughs> Yeah, but that's where the Prince pictures are. That's true. It is. <laughs> that's where people can share stuff, and the douches know that, and they're coming for you. That's right. So this is where the feeling of the album kind of changes a little bit, but I think that's not that common for Prince. Track three on an album to kind of take it in a different direction, but this is certainly less heavy rock, less of a raw sound, more of a smooth polish sound mm-hmm. less of a rehearsal kind of vibe to it right and a little bit more production i would say on 
the song. Right. This one was also on the playtime for Versace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Project. I can't think of any dinosaur reference on any other Prince song before we get to line three of this one, like a brontosaurus, she was packing it in. Like a brontosaurus, she was packing it in. I really think that this is about Warner Brothers. If I had to make bets, I don't think he'd be... I mean, not that he wouldn't be that mean to Madonna, because I think he might be. I mean, they had recorded a song together, not right. in the same place, but had, you know, sent tracks back and forth. And right. only, what, five, six, seven years prior to this, right. they had worked together. Right. But it just seems awfully harsh for sure. just because she decided to actually eat lunch at a lunch meeting. How dare she? Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, who knows what they were meeting about anyway. She had just made the genius career move of not starring in Graffiti Bridge, right? So, oh, right. <laughs> but yes, I agree. This is more about gluttony and get all you can. Uh-huh. Uh, and to what can I do to seduce him in order to get more? Right. You yeah. know, it's all, it, everything's about a means to an end. Yes, very much so. About getting more and stuffing themselves and not really caring yeah. if they're attractive or yeah. valuable. Totally. Yeah. And turning like cheap tricks to please you. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll right. get to that. You know, I was listening to this and the line of this girl was eaten all but the tip. The first night we did wondered if there was a little sexual <laughs> reference there so. too yes yeah just the tip or no tip at all yes right I, yes i mean it, and it's just you know everything on the table except for the little bit of money that's for the wait staff right yeah and then there's a slam that's hard to tell who it's really directed at. Her bell's just broken since 1984. Like, if it's a slam at Madonna, then he's saying she hasn't done anything spectacular or different right? or different which or, i don't think he would say is true i don't think so he either contributed to that since they recorded a song together it, in yeah since 89 then. yeah is it warner brothers because they don't care about his growth they want him to reproduce the yes. same results that he's been getting since 1984 right he wants they don't care if the music sounds the same as long as he can make them a lot of money Mm -hmm. sounding the same or is it a slam at the listeners to the fans who just want him to go back and do purple rain again yeah well we got that with graffiti bridge which was essentially (laughs) a sequel to purple rain that we covered in depth on this podcast for Months at a time. So I think we all learned our lesson. Maybe just let Prince do what he does, and he's going to uh-huh. give you lots of gems. Uh-huh. You're also going to get some turds. Uh-huh. But there's going to be a lot of gems. The turds are worth it. That's right. When I said turning cheap tricks to please you and keep uh-huh. you happy, uh-huh. introduce the carpet to something other than your knees. I introduce the carpet to something other than your knees. 
not uh-huh. even interested in oral sex from you anymore. Right. And I, and that's more of a, like, you think this is what I want. Right. And it's not I'm what I want. I'm more complex than that. Oh, yeah. What I want is a deeper, more meaningful relationship, even if it's not as lucrative. Sure. <laughs> it might not have the payoff that we are used to. <laughs> not the quick one. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> oh, and it's a indiscriminate sort of thing. I can imagine him being on tour and that seeming like the uh, quick and easy way to get with somebody. Sure. Without a lot of emotional commitment and that he's not interested in that anymore. That's right. Growth. Mm -hmm. Growth. Um, Like a real confession, no one could be more made up than you. So I was like, well, a real confession is made up. Like a real confession No one could be more made up than you I was trying to get my mind around this one Or is she in this case just a habitual liar That even her true confessions are not to be trusted I think that's fair And I mean there's lots of information about coerced confessions Or false confessions Yeah it's a kind okay. of thing that I talk about a lot on my other podcast. And, right. you know, we talk about whether, why people do it. And it's interesting and weird. And I don't know that he's that deep about it, but. Probably not much into the true crime no. Prince was, but yes, it's still, you don't have to be. Well, maybe a little, we'll get to that in a little, okay. little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think we get a nice little muted guitar solo at two minutes. I thought this was like a poppy song. I sort of expected it to be a little bit better when I first heard it. I remember being excited about it. It sounded, had a live sound to it, but Mm -hmm. also kind of polished. Um, Wasn't over, overdubbed. Right. It just, it wasn't overproduced, I guess, was mine. I I guess that's why it fits in with this album that has both an under and overproduced sound in different places. That's super fair. And uh, I think the very last line Mm -hmm. is another suggestion that this is a Warner Brothers thing. Dinner with Dolores. No more. That's the end. Dinner with Dolores. No more. That's the end. He's ready to move on. That's right. And so he does. We jump ahead many months to the same December. That's right. Probably recorded in late 1994. Mm-hmm. Can really get behind this message of other perspectives. Okay. It's, this is the song I would say probably most stuck in my head. I would say so too, judging by <laughs> what you sang around the house for the last week. It's fun to like listen to these songs again and be able to play them in my head at will. Yeah, uh-huh. because I haven't always been able to do that. I'm not quite as familiar with '80s Prince music, so I had to. Uh, some of the things that we've covered, especially recently, have been a little more, um, yeah. well, a little newer to me. Heard them before, but can't just play them at will in my head. Right. Although, after 
each podcast, you it's, it's a special ability you get from being a co-host here. That's right. Exactly. Yeah, I did not know that uh, the video for this was played regularly before the Ultimate Live Experience shows that were uh, played in March 1995. For, mm. So there was a video for this existing for more than a year before this album was released. So I guess that should also kind of quell anyone's thoughts that this yeah. album came together. Yeah, in a week. And it was recorded very quickly. Um, they might have recorded what you hear very quickly, but work on the songs had been done long ago. Yeah. Uh, we've got basically the NPG from the Love Symbol album here mm-hmm. with Prince, Michael Bland, Sonny T, Mr. Hayes, and Tommy Barbarella. Yep. I really like the raw and fun vocal performance, particularly in the chorus here. It's mm-hmm. very enjoyable. Because you only know what you know. That a song of Prince's starts off with no count off or downbeat. Mm-hmm. Everything, including his vocals, starts at once. Yes. Which I think is really unique for this song, too. Yep. Once was his ball with the line straight down the middle. I also thought it's all an interesting way of framing how disagreements come about and how common ground sometimes can't be found. Right. But um, maybe that it doesn't matter. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Because underneath, we share this one common thing. Right. Exactly. I mean, it's a surprisingly open view of salvation. That's true. Because the same December, December is an allusion to Christ. Yeah. Um, because that's when we celebrate Christmas. Us pagans. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Us Christians adopting the pagan holidays right. to make them feel more at home. That's right. <laughs> you only love when your soul remembers we all come from the same December, and in the end, that's where we'll go. That's sort of a mm-hmm. a pretty broad and unusually accepting idea that all of humanity has a soul, and when your soul remembers... God, even if you don't all agree on what God looks yeah. like or how God behaves, you're all going back there. That's I would say Prince's views on that would change over the next five years I or would so. Say so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's probably a reason why this wasn't played live much. Right. Um, I think that um his feelings on this changed, right? Yeah. Man, and it changes tempo a lot. Mm-hmm. It's really fun. At like 50 seconds, it sounds like an action movie. <laughs> so let's go. That's right. But it's still super enjoyable. P references perhaps the awards that That's were pictured. Right. Yeah. That they make you feel good in the moment, but ultimately it doesn't really change anything. Yeah, no less a center. Yeah, because the very next morning, the whole damn world was the same. Yeah, 
And these Warner Brothers contracts. Oh, these Warner Brothers contracts. You know, also really small in light of eternity. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. a good way to put it. Yeah. Um, we get a good scream in a minute and 57 seconds that I thought that you would enjoy right mm-hmm. before the guitar drum breakdown. Mm-hmm. When he talks about an angel who certainly watched over him. Uh-huh. But if it got me through the day, is it crazy? There once was an angel who most certainly watched over me. But if it got me through the day, is it crazy? A little bit of a graffiti bridge reference, almost, yeah. if you think of his relationship with Aura. Yeah, that's In that film, he was just trying to make a movie. Right. (laughs) Is it so crazy? We get a slower tempo and there's chirping birds Uh and all kinds of stuff going on at two minutes and 13 seconds. This whole ethereal sort of situation. Yeah. And then another musical change at two minutes and 52 seconds um, mm-hmm. when he basically speaks the chorus right. to an end. Um, and there's some kind of high-pitched laughing guitar sounds in the background mm-hmm. that almost sound like the non-believers mocking him. Yeah. But uh, you only know what you know and uh, you only see what your heart is showing. You only love when you're so just before that the whole idea of that the other worker artist whatever isn't really our competition that uh, we spend our whole lives trying to dog the other man when mm-hmm. what we need to do is try and give him all we can okay. we spend our whole lives trying to dog the other man when what we need to do is try I appreciate that, that maybe the other people in your community aren't so much uh, competition as filling a different need than you are. Sure. And supporting them is actually better for the whole community. All boats rise in a tide. It's hard not to get behind the song. Yeah. Especially from three minutes and nine seconds to the end where you get a drum, keyboard ending, let's go. Yes. Uh, and you get a proper finish to another song. Four yes. in a row. Yeah. Woo-hoo. Let's go. And then I remember him saying in an interview around this time, he said, Prince did, you can always renegotiate your record contract. You just say, you know, I think my next record will be a country western album. <laughs> <laughs> that is what I think of when I think of the next song. That is super fair because boy does uh, right the wrong use a southern yeah, accent in it. Yeah, recorded in October of 1993, also with some gold experience tracks. Another one that had a re-record in Miami, but mm-hmm. it's believed the original recording was used. This was the third song on the Dinner with Dolores CD single. 
Yep. Yeah, you really hear the uh, interesting choice to use a southern accent, even though he's Mm -hmm. talking about the Black Hills that are in South Dakota. It's more like a country accent. South Dakota, Christy. I mean, yeah, but it's pretty far north. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And it's an interesting sort of little uh, time capsule-y thing to call the young woman that he's talking about an Indian okay. oh, rather that's than true. Native indigenous American. person yeah. or Native American person. Yeah. That's kind of interesting. An Indian woman buried her grandpa in the Black Hills. Yeah. I don't think that it was, uh, no. it was done in a, um, negative way. Um, I think that was, was still just, how we talked how about we it. Ta- yes. It was like Thanksgiving was pilgrims and, and Indians. Indians. Uh-huh. Oh, it right. was an Indian reservation. Right. We didn't call it indigenous people or native American or yeah. any of that. We hadn't quite moved into that yeah. uh, more accurate description of yeah. that but particular Prince population. Gets the injustice part wrong, which is basically the song could be called, Prince stories of injustice. <laughs> yes, starting with land ownership. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, you can um, certainly looking back now, maybe use the wrong word to describe the woman whose example he's telling the story of. Right. Um, but the 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 meaning of the story of someone having what was theirs taken away and remaining peaceful, and one day we'll get them back, and the sun's going to shine that uh-huh. day. Yeah, six it's, feet at a time, we're yeah, going to get it back. That's right. I do love that when he, how he describes, you know, she heard, she being the Indian woman, heard her father's voice in the wilderness saying, I got six feet of it back. Yeah. How Prince delivers. Yeah. Saying, I got six Six feet feet of it back. back. Like he's screaming in the woods and his spirit is overtaking Uh all this stuff. And the damn sun was shining too. All right, then he says, did you hear the one about the boy just 17, three years hard time for stealing ice cream? Did you hear the one about the boy just 17? I was like, where would Prince get this? A true story. 1993, DeHundra Caldwell, his brother and another child went to a middle school to play basketball, like on their courts. DeHundra went in through an open door to use the restroom. Someone saw him, called police. They arrested him and the other two children for breaking and entering. They claimed that ice cream had been stolen, but no one could confirm that. And he was sentenced to three years in prison. Wow. But they did not have to wait very long for the wrong to be righted. Oh, okay. He was not 
was not exonerated of this, despite the fact that there was very little evidence that he actually did anything wrong. Okay. But they did reduce his sentence. It was revisited before he went to, had to go start serving his time. They reduced the sentence to time served and probation, mm. uh, provided that he graduated high school, which he did do. And he still lives in Thomason, Georgia. Um, he ran for public office in 2020, uh, didn't win, but plans to run again. So awesome. Yeah. I never looked that up. So that's, that's quite a find there. I figured yeah. it was a true story, like a headliner of yeah. the time. Right. And I thought, yeah. oh, I got to know about this. That's Good right job. up my alley. I told that's you right. he was, you know, I'll find it. Uh huh. I yeah. told you there was a little true crime connection in there and there it is. Uh, there you go. There You're you go. right. So we've, so far, Stories of injustice with Prince. We've got land ownership, uh-huh. and we've got punishment not befitting the crime. Mm-hmm. Um, we get a great little guitar-like pause, and then uh, counting it off by Prince at 2 minutes and 11 seconds before we get a what reminds me of Prince on The Muppet Show dressed up in his country outfit with his piece of straw in his mouth uh-huh. saying, Yee-hoo! <laughs> Part three of the stories of injustice with Prince. We have the ability to affect change, but those in charge like it how it is. Mm-hmm. As he says, far be it for me to say, seems like we could stop the flow of snow in the sky today. We're, we're, we're capable of almost anything, uh-huh. but I guess the weatherman, he likes the rain. Ain't that insane? Yeah. to be like division and discord and that's right because if the ants all figure out how powerful they are we're dead <laughs> that's <Says right>. hopper <laughs> in a bug's life that's right in the background we get this ashes to ashes dust to dust oh like a sermon kind of thing yeah about four minutes and 20 seconds right I was like, what is that in the Bible? Oh, it's not. Oh, it's not. No, um, it's from the burial services in the Book of Common Prayer from like the 1600s. Um, It's based off of several Bible verses, but it is not Not, an actual verse. I thought it sounded like a, certainly like a pulpit message. Yes, I agree. But I was like, you hear that all the time. Why? Ashes to ashes. Mm-hmm. Dust to dust. Well, the song, we do get a proper ending, and it also kind of transitions right into the start of Xanaly, the next yes. song. Uh, the oldest song on the album, uh, believed to have been recorded May 1993, along with songs from Come. Yeah. So. You can hear it at the beginning of The Undertaker yes. release also, yes. which I had forgotten about that. Mm-hmm. Very... Rock guitar, drums driven, fun little rock like number. Blue, bluesy, somewhere yeah. I wrote down what I thought this was, like a rock and blues. We've got okay. Funkabilly that Prince perfected, and rock and blues is what we've got here, too. 
Um, essentially with the Diamonds and Pearls and Love Symbol band minus Rosie Gaines. Mm-hmm. The guitar start isn't that dissimilar from Chaos and Disorder either. It's That's just like a slower fair. tempo. Right. And uh, one of many times on Prince Records that he mimics police CB radio he chat. He loves oh, to make yeah. up some police conversations. Yeah. He really loves this. Yeah. And he mentions he... Galpin, which is yes. a reference to his uh, Galpin Bur- Boulevard home in mm-hmm. Chanhassen. That's right. We got a disturbance on Galpin. Uh-huh. Yeah, such we just received a call. We got a disturbance on Galpin. I can't find uh, information about any famous Zanali or even much about that name at all. Yeah. But uh, Zana appears to be a Polish name. Okay. It reminded me a little of Xanadu. Uh-huh. Like right. Prince was making his own version of that. Yeah. And she's got a sister named Fendi. Baby, Fendi. I like what you do Right. I'm hoping that that is a sister in the idea that she's also a human woman and not so much uh, her biological sister. No. Okay. uh, Yeah. 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 The woman named for the Italian luxury clothing brand are uh, involved in a sexual relationship with Prince all at once. Yeah, that's a lot to. I would maybe deserve a song that's longer than two minutes and whatever it is, 43 <laughs> seconds. Yeah. <laughs> There's a repeat of a line here rather than different lines that um, are in his original recording. The, to get him in the mood, I give him some cherry wine. He repeats uh-huh. it twice. Yeah. In the middle, I give him some cherry In his original recording, the lyrics were, then we watch a movie, one of them dirty kind. Oh. Uh, So lyrics are changed here, maybe purposely, maybe not, not sure. And another sexual innuendo of the pool balls that Prince wants to bank with them. (laughs) Yeah, it's very juvenile humor. It is. But that's what you can do with blues music. That's right. We've got uh, more police chatter and a guitar solo as Prince, as the lieutenant, uh-huh. is inside the house with these perpetrators. Oh, he's peeking in the windows. Oh, yeah, that's and right. Outside sees, the house yes, now. Yes, and he, whatever the he there. sees is intriguing enough that he doesn't really want to interrupt. And I can see him through the window there. Uh-huh. Yeah. Everything okay? Oh, yeah, yeah. Everything's fine. Because he doesn't really want to interrupt. He just wants to watch. Yeah. So, you know, peeping Tom of police. Great. So, I mean, based I mean, on reality also. That's right. We're all people. <laughs> he just wanted to watch. <laughs> yeah, Sarge, we're outside the house now. I can see him through the window there. And every time, ever since I heard the song the first time in the mid-90s, I'm like, 
Why did he borrow the army slogan? He says, that "Be he, all that you can be." Yeah. <laughs> you want a headline? You gotta be all you can be. Because that's all I can. Every time I hear yeah. "Be all you can be,", be all well, that you can be in the army. army. Reserves. Yeah, they, I, they, they changed some, it later. Sometimes, right? yeah, sometimes it was the army, yeah. and then depending on the commercials, sometimes they added reserves on That's there. right. Yep. Whatever but you can give us, we'll take it. Um, I guess marketing works, because I still remember that. Oh, I mean, that song, I mean, it sounded like, you know, military men yes. saying it. Yes. The song comes to an abrupt end, and uh, <laughs> Princess, see you tomorrow, big ass. Yeah, I can't help but one more snide remark that's on the r- way out. That's right. I'm going to get you on the way out. See you tomorrow, big ass. But there's, I mean, I've got co- complaints aplenty here, like no chorus, too short. Yeah. Probably too overdubbed and too polished because the original version of this that lots of people had heard before this record came out was um, more of a simple recording, less polished and produced, and this has certainly had some more studio work done. Yeah, but it's still real fun. It is a lot of fun. I'm just airing my grievances. (laughs) I know we've got a special portion of the show later for that. (laughs) For grievance airing? That's right. Yeah. Sometimes you have small grievances you want to... Air That's before right. Before we get to the big grievance. That's true. I'm building up to something larger. That's right. In the meantime, I rock, therefore, I am. That's right. The longest song on the record by far, six uh-huh. minutes and 14 seconds. Surely a play on the term, I think, therefore, I am. Oh, yeah. Or cognito ergo sum, as its original Latin was, um, a term coined by French philosopher René Descartes. Right, which is why you bring in Scrap D and Step a Rank to help you deliver this poetic message. I guess. I I don't know. Uh, But yay, Rosie Gaines. Rosie's back. Rosie's doing great things. Yes. And (laughs) this is the only appearance of Step a Ranks on a Prince song or album. Uh Scrap D had uh, a bit bigger uh, presence on Emancipation also. But I was like, where is... Step our ranks these days. And he had two songs released on Apple Music in 2017 and 2018. Mm. Um, the bad news is if you don't like him on this track, then you will not <laughs> enjoy either one at all. Uh, I'm glad that I finally had to look up lyrics to this because I've never understood correctly what <laughs> Steppa uh-huh. is saying or oh rapping. Oh my gosh, I couldn't. I mean, if I had not had the lyrics in front of me, I would yeah. not have been able to understand much at all. I mean, I will say brings a flavor to Prince's music sure. that he could not do himself. Right. So I definitely give him credit for, you know, adding color and letting someone else take the stage. Well, and I, sure. from what I read, he really let these two rappers uh, have free reign to rap however they liked. Mm-hmm. This was the their show, so to speak. Here, go ahead, write it, perform it. Yep. I'll so put the it result the of that is NPG to the maximum all the time worldwide. Ninety six sound better. Legendary tune, and that is hard to make out uh-huh. unless you are reading it. Yes. While it's being delivered. MPG uh-huh. to the maximum. All the time, Rob Y. 96 and better. Legendary. This 
This is the sound of rap freedom, Christy. <laughs> That's great. Rosie Gaines de- delivered a unusual word that I'd heard in Prince music since this since this was released. She uses the term mendacity. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which means untruthful. And Prince used this same uncommon word again in Digital Garden on the Rainbow Children. Right. The banished ones accepted it and returned to their place of birth. And then the city. I actually, when I was listening to this, I thought, wasn't that the name of the song on Shaka Khan's record? In 98, um, but it was Demo Crazy, not Mendacity. Oh, okay. I can see how you would... I was all wrong in my head. That's all right. Yeah. Yeah, neither Scrappy nor Stepper Ranks really had much of a big career, but they they were local to Minneapolis. Yep, yeah, but didn't um, get to reap the benefits of, I don't know, like Apollonia or Sheila E or Morris Day or Vanity for that matter. You know, listening to it on headphones and paying real close attention, it struck me that this is Rosie's song. Prince it is really on is. background. Yeah. Despite these other two yahoos rapping all over the place, too. Right. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, can I just say, it's I rock, therefore I am, not I rap, therefore I am. Yeah. yeah. So I, I struggle. <laughs> I'm on the struggle bus here. I did laugh a little at the, he got an email, 12 CDs for a dollar. I'm like, Even Prince is solicited by Columbia House. (laughs) At least he's getting CDs that last a long time, not cassette tapes that sound worse the more you listen to them. Uh Can I get 12 copies of the same tape for a dollar? So that when I listen to, what did I get from Columbia House? Five Star uh-huh. or, uh, <laughs> uh, God, I can't even think of the other ones. But yeah, there were some songs that I would like. They'd come in those cheap white cassettes. They were so cheap. They were, I mean, it was they like, were so they were garbage. Cheap. They were, they were really not good. I got one one time that had the wrong album oh, on it. Oh, you told me that. Yeah. yeah like the, what a, was recorded on the tape wasn't what should yeah, have been in it, the tape. Yes, cassette. exactly. And I wrote them and said, this is absolutely not what it was. And they replaced it for me. And then I ended up with whatever you wanted, whatever it was. I got what I wanted and got to hear Van Halen. I think that was, was what was on. The that thing was what was on it. And I was trying to get extreme or something like uh, that. Yeah. yeah. So I ended up with both, but it was weird. Hmm. Prince kind of takes the forefront at a minute, 11 seconds with, they can put you on the field, but you won't get in the game. How many suckers knew that before they came with Rosie adding color in the background? They can put you on the field, but you won't get in the game. How many suckers knew that before they came? So this is essentially Prince saying, I am music, right? Yeah. Not, I am a well, marketing pawn. Yeah, or, or or it's gone beyond just thinking. It's okay. not that we're, we're not human be, just because we think, but he is human because he rocks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Like that is the essence of his humanity is that he makes music. Yeah. Yeah. And that, you know, a shining example of that is Rosie Gaines singing Mm -hmm. with guitar behind her at like I have 25, that whole area towards the end of the track. It's a shining moment. That part of it is so nice. Step a rank stuff. I would encourage you to look up the lyrics to this and listen along and see if you can even make sense of it with the words in front of you, especially the the whole thing at three minutes and forty four seconds, which I've sung along to uh-huh. forever and never even understood. Yeah. I'm just uh-huh. making yeah. sounds. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Come follow me. Come follow me. Uh huh. what he's saying very very quickly and he does it amazingly fast yes Um, that's the most fun part of the raps for me sure yeah yeah I think that um, at 4 minutes and 11 seconds scrap D plus some cowbell (laughs) plus asking to be flashed uh, just comes off a little like "Eh." I literally wrote my notes scrap D rap no thanks. No thanks. Make some noise if you're with me. If you see Roxas City, rugged and raw, lift up your boss, show me your titties. Don't be a dumb son, grab your condoms and Bacardi. Bears, car keys, let's party. You fake. Now, I liked him a little bit on Emancipation. I did too. I'm I was not sad quite not to enjoy this, this more. Yeah. I did have to look up at the end. Uh, in the running with a bucket of cuttings, wishing I had ducats to live like Kirby Puckett. The devil by the throat, make him play the scapegoat. In the weather with a bucket of cuttings, wishing I had ducats to live like Kirby Puckett. Here comes the rumors, I'm down with I had forgotten that there was a Kirby Puckett reference here. Because there is, first of all, there's not many baseball references in Prince's music, right? That's Right. He gets a lot of basketball, some football, that kind of stuff. Uh, but Kirby Puckett played for the Minnesota Twins for 12 years, his entire career. He was a center fielder, and he was forced to retire in 1996 at the age of 36 because he lost vision in one of his eyes from a uh, central retinal vein occlusion. Wow. Basically, internal trauma. Yeah. And then he was elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame in 2001 when he was first uh, eligible. eligible, but he didn't live to see it happen because he died of a stroke in March of... Oh, or no, geez. I'm sorry, he did. He died of a stroke in March of 20, 2006. Oh, okay. So he saw it happen and then... Happen. but Correct. Yeah. I mean, I guess you get points for a proper ending um, with the <laughs> rock, rock, rock chant. <laughs> I, and, I guess you get points. I mean, if for we're going to give points out for sure. the, you know, but we'll give them here. Not that, I mean, this is the show where the points don't matter. And I was just going to say, it's <laughs> it's like whose line is it right. anyway? <laughs> yep. Bye-bye. Step a D and scrappy ranks and <laughs> all your repping stuff. <laughs> Then we have Into the Light, recorded in early 1996 and uh, reportedly influenced heavily by the book Embraced by the Light mm-hmm. by Betty Eadie, um, which is an account of her near-death experience. Prince was very inspired by her book. And uh, when she was in Minnesota, they actually met and spent some time together. Interesting. He offered to promote her book. 
offered to write music if she decided to take the book to film. He said, I would be happy to help with that. He felt like it was such an important work. Interesting. Yeah. I, none of that ever happened. Yeah. But. Yeah, her book was released in 1992, so it fits very squarely in this whole time period. Mm-hmm. We've got the essentially the Diamonds and Pearls band plus some trombones and saxophones and trumpets here. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I thought listening to it, it could have fit in nicely on the Love Symbol album, you know, like the Three Chains of Gold kind of ending sure. has a lot of musical similarities to Into the Light. Um, but we certainly get pretty piano playing and the kick drum to make th- this one uh, kick off in the right direction. Mm-hmm. From out of the darkness, before there was time. And there was even uh, parts of it that I thought sounded a little like gold from the gold experience yeah. even. Yep. Um, and not just because it has the word in it. In a light yeah. too bright to behold, it's a truth more shiny than gold. Mm-hmm. Just the delivery of it yeah. and the music surrounding that had a little bit of that yep. gold experience, gold feel. And Sure. And just the way the drum breaks happen right after that, mm-hmm. and he sings along with it as, as sure as the candle burns, every mm-hmm. soul must return into the light. Right, the song yeah. takes off again. There are these breaks that are very Michael Bland signature moments, mm-hmm. you know. And we get another returning to God sort of message, like what we got in the same December. Um, and as sure as this candle burns, every soul must return. Yeah. And as sure as this candle burns, every soul must return into the light. That's right. I did ask myself, I'm like, is the, the same December full of light? It must be. Uh-huh. Because yeah. these are very similar. Right. They, those things do go together. Same right. December and end of the light are cousins. Yes, Yo. for sure. We get a sax solo here on a rock album at 2 minutes and 16 seconds. It almost has a Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band kind of feel. And then the saxophone changes to a guitar solo at 2 minutes and 32 seconds. Yeah. Which is pretty nicely done. And this song segues right into the next track, and on Prince Vault it says, believe that they were recorded together, but right. no way to confirm it now. Right. Uh, um, but they do, they feel like one track. Yeah. As you're listening to the album all the way through until you like see where they're cut off. It, right. They're so seamless as mm-hmm. to be one. Yeah, and it's the same band lineup mm-hmm. also. Right. It's a little bit of a lonely sentiment here in I Will. Yeah, and it's probably a overlooked Prince and Rosie duet also, if you mm-hmm. like them on Diamonds and Pearls and Cream, so many songs they sung together. I never really think of this song for whatever reason. I'm like, oh, well, this is actually like pretty vocal play between the two of them. It, yeah, wow. but it but it feels like really a part of Into the Light. Mm-hmm. I'm not exactly sure why they yeah. 
sectioned it the way they did. Yeah, it could be considered the same song even. Right. I mean, if I were going to track them, I probably would have put the two together. I mean, neither one are very long. Both of them together still wouldn't make the longest track on the album. Sure. You just call it Into the Light, I Will. (laughs) Or you could use a contraction, Into the Light, I'll. Right. Which sounds like a place where you go to buy light bulbs. Right. Sure. In the light aisle. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, people come and they'll go, but I still I still face up to the truth and just grow. I will. I will. But I still, I still face up to the truth and just grow. It's interesting. It feels like he was so famous at such a young age that he's always questioning people's motives. Mm. That he is he doesn't really feel like he can trust what people say. I mean, and he's just as guilty of it as anybody else. Those with were his, my notes. Is I kind mean, of a lofty statement for Prince to say, I'll face up to the truth and just grow. I mean, I do think he did that throughout his career. Do I right. think he did it in the right moments? Not always. Right. And he certainly didn't make that a mantra that he lived by. And notice that was not on the wall in Paisley Park. Instead, right. it said, what did it say? Something about whatever you think is true. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, That's a little different than facing up to the truth. <laughs> right. And it's just interesting because it's, I wonder, it's a very much a snake eating its tail sort mm-hmm. of situation. Here he was, maybe not a whole lot of reliable, consistent people in his life. Yeah. But he was also not a wholly reliable and consistent person, mm-hmm. personally and professionally. True. I mean, he was a consummate professional. I mean, he devoted sure. his life to his work, but absolutely. But did he always? And in some ways, he treated people very fairly yep. and tried to make sure that the people were taken care of by giving them credit, even when they didn't perform on an album. Right. But at the same time, there are a lot of people who felt very marginalized or deceived in their working with him. So. Sure. Yeah, certainly not every personal and professional relationship you're going to have is going to end up perfect. Right. So there's plenty of that that went on with him, especially someone whose life was intertwined with so many people. Right. You're bound to have some go wrong. Well, yes, and so many people you can't keep a that huge a number of people yeah, in your happy. life happy or even constantly. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's only so much room so much space for relationships and people and to be able to nurture those appropriately. Yeah. Yeah. It's just an, I will, I will be there for you almost Mm -hmm. is what we get here. There's a guitar solo at two minutes and 42 seconds. Mm -hmm. There's parts in this where the saxophone kind of blends into a guitar solo too. That's nicely done. So it has more of that out of body experience feel to it that you mentioned that might've been, part of the inspiration for all of this. Mm-hmm. But it's a pretty little song. It's fine. It's a, a little uh, it's a little cerebral and personal to the point where some things don't make 
as much sense as I think they could and should have. It was meant for private use only. Well, well there you go. Or maybe we shouldn't be listening to this. <laughs> well, it got released, and that's what we do on the show is listen to Prince music. So <laughs> The blame is on you, person who released this music. <laughs> then we have a fun little ditty, Dig You Better Dead. Did you say a fun little diggy? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned this... Uh, Earlier was it? What song was it that had "Dig" in it earlier? Oh, I like it there. There you go. Yeah. I'm digging on you. I hope you're digging me too. Uh huh. And then we get here and yeah, he's lamenting you. about um, maybe you'd be better off as the prince who supposedly died in 1994. Well, it's so interesting because I can hear this both ways. I can hear it as the. I dig you. I dig your previous work yes. better. Yep. And so I, I dig Prince more than I like you. And then I can also hear it as, oh, what you're doing now is new and fresh. I dig you better dead. I dig you. I dig you as you are now, as this love. And the lyrics kind of go back and forth. I think you can have some interpretation either way. Yeah. Even think of like famous painting p- painters who were, yeah. That's what I think about that you know were poverty stricken through life. They died and they become one of the most renowned painters in the world. And right, and they never got to see the success that their yeah, paintings when, would. When Cooper Sotheby's sells their work for millions of dollars, uh-huh. they're getting zero, right. and plus they're dead on top of it. <laughs> but we get Prince and Rosie one more time. Um, this is one of those moments where I feel like if there's, you know, a couple of sore thumb moments, this sort of feels like it. It's not a rock song, right? It's right. very loopy, mm-hmm. bass and guitar. Even the guitar part throughout the whole song is on a loop. Mm-hmm. So it feels um, almost like a spinoff of loose to a degree, like sure. maybe light techno. Sure. Okay. Um, so I wondered if the first line references Prince going out on his own as the artist formerly known as Prince to release The Most Beautiful Girl in the World on okay. Bellmark. Okay. A long time ago, you took six months a walk in. You, you okay. went off talking to the other side. Right. What started as an experiment turned into a heaven sent message that saved your ass from dying. Like oh, this gave you okay. new life. It was okay. supposed to be a single and, you know, release it as the symbol, but you're still under contract with us just to make him happy. And it turned into his, like, this is what's in his head as this is how I'm going to uh-huh. live the rest of my life and survive the constraints of slavery, so yeah. to speak. I went all the way back to like the beginning of his young age. I'm like, but it didn't seem like he had a, he wasn't on the path of self-destruction, you know, at 17 when he signed his first or was first being courted by record companies with Owen Hussey. And that makes much more sense. Well, thank you. I'm here to bring sense to the show. Mm -hmm. 
I thought there was an interesting thought in the chorus where Prince is facing these judgment. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of wondered if it was like people of faith who were judging him because he talks about these hills and valleys and yet they won't help him out. Hills and valleys are a very popular sort of imagery used in the Bible. And he says, I'd much rather see if your God is what you say, your God, like it's almost this like Mm -hmm. additionally, it's an anger song at Warner brothers. It's also maybe an anger song at religious Mm. types. that also saw it as one of those i wrote this while looking in the mirror kind of songs because who's i don't know who is saying this to him there's this third person that is saying there's always peaks and valleys in life Uh uh-huh if you get lost there won't be anyone there to help you oh um and then the same people that won't help you will say i dig you better dead like i'd like you if you were the way that you had been, Mm -hmm. but I'd much rather see if your God is what you say, say, say. So I think they're speaking directly to Prince, this third person I'd much rather see. Huh. Interesting. But then it's decidedly moves into record company territory. And with the awesome power they struck first, they offered up the buck. And with the awesome power they struck. I mean, that is pretty decidedly. Yep. That's the news that they hang on a goose like you. You know, you're just a pawn in the game. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah. One minute you're hot, tell the truth, and you're not. He's Mm -hmm. telling the truth on Warner Brothers. So he's very unhappy. He's telling the truth. Yeah. Um, Pulling back the curtain. One minute you're hot. Tell the truth, and you're not. This is definitely over dramatized, yeah. but you know, uh, this was his life, his livelihood. This is what he, you know, Prince rarely did anything half assed. Right. So this is. So if he's going to have a beef with a record company, he's going to have a beef he's gonna with a record a company. He's going to make a three year hissy fit out of it. <laughs> oh, and this one fades out. It does fade out. Um, it does have a nice little musical breakdown that I wanted to mention yeah. at three minutes and 10 seconds. Some of the looping is still going on. You can hear some of the elements that are buried in the song. But yeah, this one and the next track are the only ones on the album that, that fade out. Um, right. Which is, I don't know if it means anything. You know, the first however many tracks are up to, eight. Um, you know, have very distinct beginnings and ends, and then you get to this song that almost doesn't fit in anyway, mm-hmm. and you get a fade out. Um, and certainly, had you, the next song is even more of a standout track, and that how different it is. There's no drums, there's no guitar solo. Right. It is like a almost like an ending epilogue. Yes. Um, and With- I would also say also a bookend to 
For You, which was mm-hmm. the first track released on his first record. He saw this as the last one for Warner Brothers, and so he's gone from For You to Had You. Yes. This was the only solo performance completely by Prince on the album mm-hmm. and the second track on the Dinner with Dolores CD and the B-side to the cassette single. Okay. Interesting. Mm-hmm. There's some backwards drum samples too. There's a little bit of Prince's basement music from Purple Rain in here too that I think is also intentional picking up on his most popular mm-hmm. you know, what everyone knows him for. Some of those elements that you would hear when he would play music in his basement for Apollonia. There's sure. some of that happening in this too that I think is a nice callback. Simple simple song yeah. for a reason, right? It's yeah. just a bunch of things he's done to you. It's a verb followed by you. Every right. line in this poetic... And it's all past tense until mm-hmm. the very end. Yes. Also, and it's all past tense until you get to hurt, disappoint, F, uh-huh. and had. Yeah. So there's like this past that's there, and then in the present time, I've hurt you, I've disappointed you, so F you, had you, I'm done with you. No more, that's the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interesting. So all of that is, yes, it's the end, it's this kiss-off song, but even... F you and had you were, if you look at this as a, you know, theoretically relationship song, which is what it kind of is. It's meant to sound like a relationship ending. Yeah. And it was, but, you know, you could read it as romantic or his record company. Right. But he doesn't deliver those in a harsh way at all. They're, they're like with love and care. They're, there well, the end. and they're just like without any kind of malice. And that's almost more hurtful because he's not even angry enough to be angry about it. Ugly yeah. about it. He's not, he's, yeah. it's just over. It's so like hurtful because he doesn't even care enough to have contempt. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's not even worth his time anymore. A little bit of that is reflected on this album too, right? It's there are parts of this that are pretty and fun and all these things, right? Um, even though the whole thing is, you know, framed as a contractual obligation. So I think it's a very clever, a very clever ending track to all of this. Mm-hmm. And that is it. That is the end. That's the end. Uh huh. No more. That's the end. Except we do have a little more because we have some uh, selections to make. That's right. So we choose time capsule, something exemplifies the time at which the material was recorded or when it was released. The sea, the low point, and the mountain, the high point. Those are the three. Uh-huh. Those are our rules. They're my rules, so I go first. Uh, the time capsule, for me, it was uh, Dinner with Dolores um, as the only official single. And I remember hearing it on the Today Show and David Letterman. So to me, that's the time capsule. Well, we share the exact same time capsule. The single, even the video that we'll look at later, all the live performances and it being this unveiled swipe at Warner Brothers um, definitely was a sign of the times of summer of 1996. For sure. 
I have a feeling we're going to agree on the C as well. If there's no fun in that, I'm changing <laughs> mine. There's a lot of interesting and fun things in I Rock Therefore I Am, but the rap portions are really the weakest part of the track for me, and it's a shame because Rosie Gaines is really pretty stellar in many parts of this. It was a little over long. Yep. I think if you cut out the rap parts, there might be a good song in there. But um, sadly, I dis- I do agree. Uh-huh. I do not disagree. Okay. Um, yeah, just the rapping. Even though the it's not like the rapping is bad, it just does not fit. It comes out of nowhere on a song called "I Rock." Therefore, I am. Right. I get that Prince is still opening doors for people. That's super cool. And, but highlighting them in a song that doesn't need them. Yeah. Uh, maybe there was a way to work that. I mean, save it for Emancipation, where you got three discs worth of stuff to uh-huh. uh, work in uh, these two guys. But yeah, I'm, I'm the same for you. And after all, it's not called I Rap, Therefore I Am. Sure. All right. And then The Mountain. It was difficult for me to make a selection for my mountain because I have a lot of fond memories of this particular album and I I don't feel like it's a mailed in situation. Not at all. Whatsoever. So I pretty uniformly enjoy this album, but if I'm going to have to pick one, I'm going to go with the uh, rock love lust song. I like it there. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Track two. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I like I like it there. Mm-hmm. I like I like it there. Um, <laughs> you know, it doesn't. It certainly just doesn't have the smoothness of some of the other tracks sure. on the album. All that's by design, which is what makes it fun. Uh, but for me, I went towards the smoother, more polished sound of Xanali. Uh-huh. Um, and I would even say, despite a lot of listeners thinking that the released version was too polished compared to the unreleased version. It's still awesome fun, and I would never skip it. It's too short, yeah. no chorus, but so what? It's yeah. Prince singing rock blues, and you have to love that. Yeah, so the, your, your complaints are only because you like it so much that you want more of it. That's right. Got it. Exactly. Got it. All right, exactly. next time. Next up, we'll look at some of the videos from this album. Only one of which surfaced with the album. Yeah. Some of those live performances Mm -hmm. um, and alternate recordings of some songs. Tracklist TBD. But we'll find out in two weeks. That's right. Excellent. Thank you so much for listening. We know you make a choice when you listen to us. We don't just come on the radio. So we really appreciate it. Tell a purple friend. And until next time, happy purple listening, friends. Thanks for listening. Now I gotta go get the... This is your fault. You got up and left the room. There's also a little bit of the sound effects from that you would later hear in Man in a Uniform. The okay. is in there. I think that's the uh, the sample kind of the, that we yeah, mentioned earlier. The entrance of the gladiators okay. is that kind of carnival. Do, 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 whatever it is. Wow, yeah, that was bad. bad. That was, was real bad. bad. <laughs> it was not right. It was wrong. And as soon as I can hear it in my head, but I can't make it come out of my mouth, which is why I'm not a performer. Um, 